let's begin to hear God's word with a uh, word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I hear the Savior calling. That's what we just sang. And we pray that as you come to us this morning in your word, that we would hear you calling. We would hear your voice calling each of us to, to believe you and to follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So what are some basic ways to practice good listening? Some basic ways to practice good listening. Can I give you just a few? I, uh, I, I won't make you remember all of these, so there's no quiz here or test or anything like that, but, but here's a few things you can do. Uh, one, one good start always is just to, to check where you are with somebody. Uh, you say something like, are we okay? You know, if you find a, a person that you think you might not have a great relationship with at the moment, are we okay? Are we doing all right? Um, you put away your phone, right? you, you stop the video games, uh, you turn off the TV, and you give the person your attention. You give them your undivided attention. Uh, you don't get defensive or judgmental. That would be good listening as well. Uh, you spend time to clarify. You th say things like, I thought you said, is that what you meant? Uh, or, I missed something in what you said, let's try that again. Or, can I clarify? Sometimes the easiest questions are the best ones. Uh, you, you encourage people to expound on what they've been saying. You, you help draw them out. So you say things like, tell me more. Just tell me more. Sometimes that's the, the best thing. Or, or do you want to tell me anything else? Uh, and, and you help people tell, confirm uh, that they, you really have heard them by saying to them, um, what I'm hearing you say is, or what would you like me to remember from this conversation? So those are some basic things, basic ways to practice good listening. What about you? What do you think are some good basic ways to practice listening? What are some things you do? You don't have to shout it out. Maybe you just jot a note down if you've got one that I didn't think of yet. You got anything? All right. Um, certainly there's many others. One thing I didn't mention yet is something that, that experts call attunement. So it's making your body language match the people that you are, are talking to. Uh, you know, so if you guys were all going to show that you were listening to me right now, you would want to put your arms down and out. Anybody who's sitting here like this is showing me that you're not really listening. No, I'm just kidding. I know you are. You're all just sitting back and relaxing. Right? But attunement is, is a key thing. We know that in, in practicing listening. Um, it's how we show people that we're, we're actually listening to them. You know, if, if, you've, if the other person is talking to you and you cross your legs and you go like this you turn your shoulder away from them, they know right away that you're not paying attention. Those are some important aspects of, of listening. Well, you know, listening is such a powerful thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful way to start to show people that we care. And I, I'm not even going to ask you uh, how good you and I think we are at listening. I don't want to make you feel anxious by, by making you think about that, this whole message. Um, I'll just tell you how powerful listening really can be. I think about one time when I was going through some very difficult uh, life changes, some, some big life changes, and they were making me uh, face a lot of upheaval. I was having a lot of questions about my own identity, my own place in the world, my own well-being. 
And uh, I, I was really mad at a whole lot of people. And I was sitting at a group of people, a group, at a table with a group of people, and these people were not at all connected to the rest of my life, you know, so I kind of felt like I could say whatever I wanted to these people at this table. And I, and I said, you know, I, I hate all those people. I just hate them. And, and there happened to be a pastor sitting at the table. Um, uh, this was not, the rest of the people weren't pastors. Uh, and, and he heard me, and instead of yelling at me uh, or, or saying, you know, well, the Bible says you shouldn't hate people, uh, what he said to me was, oh, it sounds like you're really having a, a tough time of it. Do you want to tell me about that some more? Maybe we should get together later and we could talk about it a little bit. And that, that changed everything for the next couple years of my life. That one little moment where he didn't judge me or criticize me, um, and, and he said, just tell me more, changed a lot of things. A couple years later, I, I wrote a little card to him, and I said, you changed my life. Uh, that act of listening made all the difference. So let's discover today, you know, maybe we could become good or at least better listeners and make a difference in somebody's life like that. Now Jesus, well, God, on the Mount of Transfiguration says about Jesus, listen to him. Listen. It's, it's about as, as plain as you can get. Listen. Listen is a, a basic way for us to show that we care. And both secular and religious experts or religious writers will agree about this. You know, this is a time where common sense and reason uh, and, and research are all in the same boat. So if you read something like Stephen Covey's The Habits of Highly Effective People, habit number five, he's going to say, seek first to understand, then be understood. Listen first. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway had a nice quote. He always said, when people talk, listen completely. Listen completely. Most people never listen. I, I personally always think of that scene from... Um, the old Robin Hood movie, the animated one. Remember the scene from the Robin Hood animated movie at the end where Prince John and the snake are watching the castle burn down and the snake is sitting there saying to, to Prince John, he says, I told you, I tried to tell you, but you just never listen. Now you burn down your mommy's castle and then he goes, oh, mommy, and then he starts taking the mirror and smashing the, the snake. Uh, you never listen. He had to say. Uh, so secular research says plenty. And, and religious experts or religious research would say the same thing. Solomon sums up the wisdom of the ages for us and says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Uh, theologian David Mathis writes, poor listening diminishes another person and good listening invites them to exist and matter. And the fourth precept of Buddhism, I mean, if you, you don't even have to talk Christian literature, right? Buddhism says, uh, fourth precept, is to speak well about other people, and in order to do that, you need to listen well to them first. And so both secular and religious literature says, listen, it's important. So what does the Bible add to this? Well, what the Bible adds is, is actually kind of surprising. It's, it's shocking, because the Bible says that listen is also where our relationship with God starts. It's how we start our relationship with God. Uh, the, one of the oldest statements of the Jewish faith is something called the Shema. Ever heard of the Shema? 
The Shema is the one-sentence summary that the, the Jewish people would say to summarize their, their faith in, in God. And it went, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the Shema, hear. You can hear it in the first word, hear, listen. Right? So their, their relationship with God did not start with what they did. The relationship with God started with listening to him. Uh, and, and Jesus frequently says the same kind of thing. Mount of Transfiguration, God the Father does not say, go and do great things for Jesus. God the Father says, listen to him. When Jesus tells parables and stories, most of the time he doesn't say, go and do likewise. Most of the time what he says is, listen and believe. Listening was was the first thing. Now, this is, this is kind of surprising, isn't it? I mean, this, is, this should be sort of shocking to us because religion will always tell us, do good and God will accept you. God will love you. Your life will turn out good then. And, and, but the gospel, Christianity tells us, listen, listen. God loves you and accepts you, not because of anything you've done, simply because he loves you. Just listen to this message. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it amazing that God would love you? Listen to it. How cool is that? So there it is. That's what good listening, that's what this first lesson is trying to teach us, right? That, that good listening is going to, to put us with somebody else. That good listening is not about, um, it is not about, doing all of the right things. But good listening is first and foremost just about having the right relationship with somebody else. It's about starting our relationship in the right place. It's about how you and I can simply be with God. And, and so that's the first thing that we want to uh, take away today or, or remember from today's lesson, that good listening puts us with other people. Certainly, it first puts us with God, but it puts us with lots of other people. And I, I heard a really great example of this lately that I, I just had to pass on to you. So there's this a story of a, a detective who was working in the narcotics branch. Uh, he hadn't been a detective forever, but um, working in the narcotics branch of his police department. And then he, he decided to retire and to go and become a, a pastor, actually, of all things. You think, detective in narcotics to pastor, huh? Quite a switch. But that's what he decided to do with his life. Uh, so he left. He moved to Minnesota to start going to college. And while he was going to school, uh, one day he got a call from his old chief. Answers the phone. Chief, what's going on? What do you want? Chief says, well, I'm sorry to tell you. Um, I'm on my way to Chicago. I've got some serious heart failure, heart disease, and I'm need some really serious surgery, I'm probably not going to make it. Chief, I'm really sorry to hear that. Chief says, it's okay, I just wanted to tell you that that day in the duck blind that we had together was one of the best days of my life. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too, Chief. He says on the phone, right, I mean, these are 40-year-old men, 45-year-old men. And he hangs up. Okay. What happened in the duck blind that one day was uh, Chief was kind of a pompous jerk. He thought he was better than everybody at everything. 
Uh, and so he kept pestering this, this detective about going, uh, going duck hunting. Finally, the, the detective agreed to go duck hunting with him and took him out and went out, out in the duck blinds. Uh, chief says to him, so what makes you different? Why are you so different? The detective says, I, I'm not. If anything, it's, it's church, and it's because the Lord is important to me. And the chief says, well, I, I think it is. Um, I, think, I think you really are different. And the detective says, well, you know, the important thing, chief, for guys like you and I is to know that Jesus is our Savior. And chief says back to him, you don't know all the things I've done. You don't know how bad I am. And the detective says, I, I, I can imagine, I mean, I do. I think, I, I, I think you, yeah, I, I do, right? Just look at me. Um, and so the detective finishes up the school day, and he, he goes home, and he stops by, and he sees his wife real quick, and he says, I think I might do something stupid. Um, now, remember, this is in the context of a guy who gave up a great career as a narcotics detective, and goes back to school to become a pastor. So, okay, so stupid is not foolish, like could hurt himself, it's just crazy. Uh, and so he, he gets on shift that day because he's still picking up a few shifts here and there as a sheriff. And as he sits down on shift, he, he buys a plane ticket to go that day down to Chicago. Uh, he finishes his shift, hops on the plane, flies down to Chicago. He walks into the, the hospital room and, and the chief looks at him and says, is that you? Are you real? what? You know, he's really confused, right? Because he's sick and lying in the hospital bed and he, he, he's dying. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, and his wife says, no, yeah, he's really here. He's really here. He says, what are you doing? Why would you do this for me? Why would you, why would you come down here for me? And he said, well, last night on the phone, I told you I loved you. And I, I realized that if I really did love you, I would come and be with you to show you that I actually did love you. What I said last night was pure shock. Uh, and, and most of all, I would tell you about Jesus. And, and is it okay if I tell you about Jesus? And she said, yeah, I think it's time that you tell me about Jesus. And can you see what's happening to them? Uh, they're, they're, the words are, are enveloping them. You know, he's, he's left, right? The detective has left his world and he's entered into somebody else's world He's stepped into that hospital room and, and it, it encompasses him, it enfolds him like the cloud that wrapped around Jesus. It's, it's all around him. He, he's no longer present in his reality. He's now fully present in somebody else's reality and he's, he's thinking and he's seeing life from his eyes. And, and that world shapes him. It pushes on him and it molds him and those, that story, that event it stuck with him to this very day. It so deeply impresses him. That's what great listening does, right? Great listening really doesn't just put us with other people, but it, it changes us. It changes us and it changes them because the, the words and the actions, they affect us so deeply. That's what great listening is going to do. You know, and I'm going to put it to you, and I think we need to let this happen quite a bit more in our lives. Really, I think we need to. I mean, how many times have, haven't you and I told people, who are you to tell me what to do with my life? And even if we don't say it, we say it in our minds. Right? 
what is that except saying, I refuse to let you into my world, and I refuse to enter your world, where our words could change us. Or, or, or maybe you're more of a Bon Jovi fan. I'm kind of a Bon Jovi fan. We recently get, got Guitar Hero back up at my house, and so we're, we're rocking out little Bon Jovi, and it's my life, you know. But what's the point of that song? It's my life. You can't tell me what to do with it. You know, nobody would have said that 500 years ago. Right? We, we live now in an individualistic society, which means we answer the questions of who am I, where do I fit in life, and what am I supposed to be doing with my life through the filter of me, not us. You know, 500 years ago, we lived in a collectivistic society. We answered the questions of who am I and where do I fit in life and what am I supposed to be doing through the filter of, of us. And so we said, well, my, my brother is a, is a baker, my father is a baker, my grandfather is a baker, people, people need bakers, I guess I should be a baker. But now, now we have a, a great freedom, it's true. We, we have a blessed freedom because we live in an individualistic society. And so you got people who can look at life and say, my dad was a baker, but I want to be a philanthropist and I want to serve the world with my generosity. And, and, and we can do that because we process life and say, it's about where I think I fit in life. But you know, one of the bad side effects of that is, is that we don't let people into our lives. We say, it's my life, it's not your life, and, and don't you come into my world. We say, who are you to tell me what to do with our time? You know, if there was ever a person who could have said, it's my life, or who are you to tell me what to do, it would have been Jesus. And yet Jesus came down and, and he, he lived a life right here among us. And even more than that, as, as uh, Isaiah tells us very famously, he's got this passage where he says he, he took up our pain and he bore our, our suffering. And you think, how do you bear somebody else's suffering? How do you carry somebody's suffering? I mean, certainly if you see a, a, a friend who's got a, a load of bricks on their back, you can help them carry that load of bricks. But most of the time, how do you and I carry somebody else's suffering. It's because we listen to them, isn't it? We, we connect with them and their worlds. I, I listen to you enough to know the sin and the pain and the problems that you're going through, and that's what Jesus did, didn't he? And he, he, he listened so well that he put all of the sickness and the pain and the failure and the guilt and the blame that you and I would carry on his own back. And he carried it all the way to the cross. He carried it all the way to the cross so it would be gone. So you and I can know without a doubt that we are forgiven, we're free, we are blessed, and heaven is ours. And we can now, instead of saying, it's my life and, and I'm not gonna listen to you, I don't want anything to do with you, Instead, we say with the Apostle Paul who said in Galatians here, he said, carry each other's burdens. And we know what that means, doesn't it? That means I need to get into your life. I need to listen to you well enough 
to know what's happening in your life, and you need to listen to me well enough to know what's happening in my life, and I have to accept that burden. Now, that's not always an easy thing, but that's what, what Paul says we can do because Jesus has already started to carry our burdens. So let's do that together, huh? Let's carry each other's burdens through good listening. In fact, let's become better listeners. Maybe today, if you want, on your way out, I've got some cards here just with those, like, what, eight little cheat sheet helps on on good listening tactics. I don't know. It's not too big. You can stick it in a a wallet. You can stick it in your inside pocket. Uh, You can... Put it in the bottom of your shoe, uh, you know, and pull it out there. I mean, sorry, hold on a second. I need my, you know, my listening helps. I forgot. Um, and maybe that will, will help you. But listen carefully to Jesus. Listen carefully to him so that you can listen well to all of the rest of us. You know, one thing uh, that uh, C.S. Lewis one time, he wrote this cool little essay called, uh, what is it, At the Fringe of Language. And he pointed out that if you're trying to give people um, directions on how to do something, language is actually the, the worst thing to do. If you want to try to give people a complex set of directions, don't try to use words. Right? Just use pictures and actions, and it's, it's a much easier way to teach people. And I'm fully convinced that this is why YouTube is so awesome. Right? I mean, what guy wants to sit and what, read a handbook of, of 10,000 words. I mean, I've got the, the Chilton and the Haynes manuals for my car, you know, and on how to replace my alternator or something like that. But you show me a cool little YouTube video, five minutes later, I'm done. You know, it's, it's awesome. That's why YouTube is so great. What, but Jesus is, is the, the far superior YouTube, isn't he? Um, because he's the guy who's saying to us, here, I've got a story, I've got a life that I lived that you can listen to. And I invite you to to listen to me so that you can know that I love you and even more than that, that I forgive you. I've died and I've risen for you and I have saved you by my grace. So love to listen to me and be loved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we admit that very often we prefer not to listen. It's a lot easier to to think that we know more than we we should. We ask that you would open up our hearts uh, so that we are eager listeners. Do that particularly by by letting us listen to you, where we can discover how much you love us, how you are willing to carry our burdens and our pain. Carry that strife away so we can discover your love and then love others as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.